श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए श्रीमद भागवत गीता की जाए श्री कृष्ण अर्जुन की जाए गौर भक्त वृंद की जाए गौर प्रेम आनंदे गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीवन Last night we spoke from Bhagavad Gita from the ninth chapter where Krishna speaks about kirtan. We spoke for at some length there and um let's speak this morning about the same verse a little more briefly. <clears throat> verse comes in the middle of the ninth chapter. Ninth chapter of course is the middle of the Bhagavad Gita which consists of 18 chapters. In the middle chapters from 6 to 12 are largely the the emphasis is on the theology of the Gita and therefore on both the object of devotion Krishna himself begins to speak about himself in no uh, uh no uncertain terms and uh he speaks about that which corresponds with the object of love love itself bhakti so it's kind of the section of the gita that a lot of devotees breathe with a sigh of relief when they get to chapter 7 hmm. um and they get to speak more directly about bhakti and bhagwan hmm. bhagwan is the object of bhakti and as we've discussed some of our talks earlier this week the followers of chaitanya mahaprabhu they distinguish other moments if you will in the life of the absolute as the objects of attainment for the other respective transcendental paths of yoga and gyan by moments in the life of the absolute i refer to the being moment the knowing moment and the loving moment satchit and anandam mm. so the object of the gyan marg is the being moment the gyanis want to be it's funny because it's the gyan marg you think they wanted to know but um they more preoccupied with with knowing that they be than with knowing anything else in that mark upon attainment of brahman a sense of the knower and the known and the knowing is um largely dissolved and being comes to be the uh, the attainment which is considerable to know that i be and i don't have to struggle to be any longer is a great relief and that relief that ah so to speak it constitutes the uh, extent of the of the ecstasy of the ananda of the of the loving of brahman so some is there some some anandam some knowing but it's a focus primarily on the being and the path 
corresponds with that moment. And in yoga, the uh, welcome. And in 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 yoga, then the the object is is the knowing moment, if you will, in the life of the absolute. And the preoccupation is with the the um, the the paramatma, the omniscient one, identification with the knower and the knowing moment. Omniscience is uh, is is very much the ideal of the yogis as described in Patanjali's sutras with regard to his description of samadhi, the attainment, the ideal of yoga. And of course, Bhagawan is then the loving moment of the absolute, the ecstasy moment. And Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavan Iti Sabdite. It's not just that Bhagavan comes last and therefore is is more complete. It's a an argument can be made like that in the statement with regard to the statement of Bhagavatam. Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavan Iti Sabdite. The absolute is known variously as Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagavan, because Bhagavan comes last. There's some logic to the structure of the the, the, the Sanskrit grammar that leads our uh, acharyas and saints in the tradition to lay emphasis on, to, to, to raise the point that because Bhagavan is named last, it's the more complete uh, feature of the Absolute. But there's more to the, the, the that sense than that, of course. Um, and briefly, I've mentioned this uh, earlier in my visit here to New York, we can say that it's possible to be and not know. However, it's not possible to know and not be. It is possible to know and be, but not to be in ecstasy, or not to love. But it's not possible to love and not know, not be cognizant, and not be. So in Brahman, in Bhagavan, we find... We find, uh, and we find the being, we find knowing, and we find loving with, and, and, and fully. Loving is fully manifest. It's so fully manifest in the person of Krishna who's speaking here in the Gita, the very personification of ecstasy. I mean, if we look at the Hindu pantheon of gods and goddesses, we come to Krishna, we find the heart of divinity, the romantic life of divinity. Here God is only playing. One may wonder then how God, a God who only, one who only plays, could be all-powerful. We might think he would be better depicted the all-powerful with weapons and, uh, and, uh, might, uh, the, the strength perhaps of, of, uh, the fortitude of austerity and, uh, or the, the the power from accumulation. Hmm? Uh, in other words, we may become powerful by acquiring. We may become powerful by giving, by stopping from acquiring, hmm? by detachment. Hmm? 
so Krishna is not depicted as being very detached. <laughs> He's very attached to his devotees and to his place, Golok, to all the surroundings, Govardhan, Jamuna, and so forth. He doesn't have much, in a sense, depicted as he is, pastoral, a jungle person, really, a cow person. Houses made out of cow dung. Sometimes it's described a little more, uh, a little more, uh, with a little more Aishvarya or opulence, but the Gokul Leela, if you will, of Krishna, the most human-like Leela of Krishna, is where the uh, we find the sweetness of the Godhead in a very simple setting. So, only playing. doesn't have much and even doesn't seem to know much. Hmm? Krishna. He knows much in the Bhagavad Gita, that's true. He said many things. But in Vrindavan, he seems to have lost a little bit of his uh, uh, sense of his knowledge, even his sense of self. He's a plaything. He's playing and he's a plaything in the hands of his devotees. I quoted from the pen of Kaviraj Sri Krishna Das last night. Amishishu Gurunata Radikar Premera Unmata. Krishna says, I'm the Sisha, I'm the disciple, and the Prem, the love of Radha, that is my guru. I'm learning to dance from her, her Prem, and she is Prem. She is Bhava, Mahabhava. Swarupani. She is love personified. She is the bhakti that we find in these middle chapters, uh, fully expressed. And Krishna, as Swayam Bhagavan, as the original form of all the the gods and, and goddesses, the playful Krishna is the object of her love. But how can one who's only playing be all-powerful? Well, we should think again. Hmm. Unless you have power, then you cannot play. In other words, to play, for example, to take a vacation, we have to have worked, we have to put have money in the bank, we have to have some power with the boss to get time off. So then we can just imagine one who only plays, the implication is, this is the, this is the be-all and the end-all. This is the all-powerful and power by force of attraction and affection. Hmm? This is how Krishna rules, if you will. Hmm? Not by rules, <laughs> but by affections force. Hmm? This is bhakti then. He is ruled by bhakti, in fact. So, <clears throat> so this is where we are in the Gita. <clears throat> We're speaking about Bhagwan and Swayam Bhagwan and Bhakti. And why Swayam Bhagwan with relation to Kirtan? Swayam Bhagwan means there are many forms of Bhagwan. We have Rama Avatar, Narasinga, Kurma, so many avatars. And Bhakti is for all forms of Bhagwan. In fact, Bhakti is a very peculiar type of spiritual path because it's based on a prejudice, on a bias, largely. 
whereas it's often thought that spiritual life would be free from any bias. If the president is, and appears like he is, bought and paid for by the corporations, then how can he represent all the people, right? If he has a bias. So then, we'll speak of God, who's who, all, all, he must be equal to all people. This is the idea. This is a phase of God. This is a moment, if you will, in the life of the Absolute. We call Paramatma, the object of the yogis, who are so preoccupied with equality. Hmm? Samadarshina. Hmm? Not too much of this, not too much of that. Yukta haravihadasya, yukta Don't eat too much, don't eat too little. Hmm? Don't sleep too much, don't sleep too little. Don't work too hard, and don't play too little. Hmm? Krishna says, so, here, <laughs> this is from Yoga Darshan of the Gita, sixth chapter of the Gita. Hmm? Preoccupied with equality, their object of love is, is knowledge. Knowledge means, it implies that its corollary is detachment, objectivity. Hmm? You follow? If we're too close to a thing, then we cannot see it for what it is. We are blinded. So there's an ignorance that comes from becoming close to things, and closeness here means attachment. So in knowledge, we we step back and try to view the world objectively. We, we, We create that enough distance to see it objectively by stepping back. Stepping back means by becoming detached. Hmm? So this is a, a, a moment, as I say, in the life of the Absolute. Hmm? Paramatman. But Bhagwan, this loving moment in the life of the Absolute, then his entire life, if you will, is predicated on a bias. Hmm? He has many lives, many leelas, many ways in which he plays, and he plays with devotees who have a particular bias towards him, as Ram Bhaktas, Krishna Bhaktas, hmm? Bhaktas of uh, Narasimha, Narayana, in all of his various forms. Hmm? But this is a bias that is is beautiful, actually. This is not the fault of Bhagavan, but his most attractive quality, Bhaktavatsal, he's he's taken, he's he's conquered, he's controlled to one extent, but by what? I mean, if we're controlled, then, like I said, by the corporation, for example, bought and paid for, it's a problem, but he's controlled by affection, by love, and he takes a shape, a form, sandrananda, hmm? concentrated ecstasy. It's not less ecstasy than than the spacious ecstasy, if you will, of, of Brahman, the localized ecstasy of the Paramatma. It's a, it's a concentrated ecstasy, the form of Bhagwan. Ecstasy concentrated. It's like if you have a, a beautiful idea, but you put it on, but you, you, you try to speak about it, uh, and it doesn't lend itself that well to explanation. You put it, give it, you try to make it more concrete. You take the, the feeling, for example, of the artist, 
or the musician and you put it on the canvas or into the into song, then you've made it more uh, accessible. Hmm? You haven't lessened it. Arguably, it's 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 the more. Hmm? So the form of the Godhead, Bhagawan, it is the feeling of the devotee. This is the bhak, the, the love of Radha for Krishna and Krishna are one and the same. I said last night, somebody asked me, have you seen Krishna? I said, I wasn't looking for him. I was looking to serve Krishna, not to see Krishna. There he'll be found. Hmm? In love of Krishna, hmm? love of Krishna, the teaching is, is Krishna and not Krishna. Hmm? There cannot be the object of love without love. There cannot be love without the object of love. Hmm? The two are one, but in a dynamic way. If you and I are in love, then you and I become we. It's not that you have gone away or I have gone away. Hmm? We haven't dissolved one another, but we have transformed ourselves into a dynamic unity where your wants, for example, are mine and my wants are yours. This is love. Love requires, therefore, no rules. Where there are rules, love is lacking. Where there is love, rules are lacking. Rules, that means to say they have a purpose to be realized and understood. In bhakti, they are meant to, they are kind of meant to promote love. We should talk about that as we go on. But to give an example of what I mean, if we live in the same room together and then we find out that we have differences, in order to salvage the situation, we may agree on a piece of paper that you'll get up at this time, I will turn the lights out at this time, and we make some rules, we put them on the wall, and we'll all agree. That is a breakdown, if you understand what I'm saying, of love. Where, if I knew what you wanted, then I would turn the lights on at that time. And if you knew what I wanted, you would turn them off at that time. You would accept my wants, would become yours, yours would become mine. Hmm? But we can't arrive there immediately, so there... (laughs) Better have some rules. They're mentioned here in the verse, actually, also. Something that will promote what is being discussed here. Satatam kirtayanto mam, Krishna says. This is where kirtan is mentioned, which is a popular thing, and which is an anga, as I mentioned last night, of bhakti. It is not a limb of jnana. It's not a limb of yoga. It's a limb of bhakti. The limbs of Gyan are different. I mentioned them last night. They are fourfold. Longing for Mukti, Mumukshutva, Vivek, Bhairagya, discrimination, detachment, and the cultivation of Satsampat. It means like six qualities of the mind, tranquility, forbearance. These are the Angas of Gyan. Many of you are familiar with the Angas or the limbs of yoga. You can say them. Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayam, Pratyahar, 
dharna, dhyan, samadhi. So we didn't hear kirtan in that. We didn't hear kirtan in Gyanmarg. But bhakti, kirtan is, is a limb and the, we can say the most prominent limb when it comes to, particularly when it comes to Krishna bhakti. That doesn't mean we find it, jnanis do kirtan, yogis do kirtan. That means they import some bhakti into there. These days it's popular. Good idea. How attractive is bhakti? This is the, as much as your path has a heart, it will be attractive. Bhakti is the whole heart, and Bhagwan is the whole object of love. And kirtan, satatam kirtayantomam. Kirtan here, Krishna speaking, kirtan about me. There's kirtan for all devotees, for all forms of Bhagwan, no doubt. Kirtan is the lemma bhakti, Vishnu bhakti. But, but kirtan is particularly for Krishna. It is Krishna, in other words, this avatar, the Purna avatar, the avatari, as he might be described, the, the source of avatars, who emphasizes this point in his speeches here in the Gita, in the Puranas as well about kirtan. Just do kirtan of me. He says, yoginam hridayeshu va naham vaikuntha tishtami yoginam hridayeshu va I am not in vaikuntha. This is Krishna speaking. And he's not. <laughs> That's another thing. He's in maha vaikuntham, golokam. Hmm? I'm not in the hearts of the yogis. What does he say? Yatragayanti madbhakta. He's speaking to Narada. Wherever my devotees are chanting my name, I'm present there. We don't find... Shiva doesn't say this. Durga doesn't say this. Hmm? Even Kurma doesn't say this. Narasimha doesn't say this. Huh? Narayana doesn't say this. Krishna's saying this. Hmm? And this is Krishna speaking here about it. So kirtan for everyone, that's fine. We can sing it. Love means, in a sense, you have to sing because... It's something that it, it defies logic. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling that transcends reason. Love knows no reason. It's a, it's a, it, it, it brings about a movement that's not out of necessity, but out of fullness. We move in the material world out of a karmic necessity. In other words, we've taken and we owe, and so off to work we go, as it said. Hmm? We're moving because we're in negative numbers, we owe. We've taken from the environment. We've identified with matter in such a way as that we, we, the fullness of the self is, is not perceived, and so we feel a necessity. We have an identity formed on the basis of our identification with matter, which is fostered, or which is brought about by two very small words, letters, two letters, a very small word, my. My, it's such a big word, hmm? and such a small word at the same time. It gets us in a big, big problem. Hmm? And the big problem is that it, it promotes a very small idea of the self, a very petty, small, I mean small, I mean, I mean small, I mean like small-minded. Hmm? This is material life. We have jivo, jivasya, 
Jivanam. As I said, Spinoza said the Hindus were evolutionists long before before Darwin came. Survival of the fittest. This is what it means. Jivo jivasya jivanam. Describing the world. One living being is food for another. We are hunters and we are hunted. Hmm? To live in this consciousness, in this sense of I that cannot be sustained, cannot be maintained, the sense of I derived from our attachment to things, hmm? to my, it's my house, so I am, you know, or it's my, my town, so I'm, I am a New Yorker, my state, I should say, or it's my, my car, so I'm a, you know, they make those ads just for somebody. <laughs> There's an identity there, right, that they're, they're honing, they figure it out, and they've got a car that just, that's you, in other words. It's not yours, it's you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That Marlboro man who, who died of cancer on the horse, you know, <laughs> says, it's, it's just, that's him. So our my is our I, I've said this many times, it's a very small word, very big problem. Hmm? And the sense of self, the I that's derived from that my, is a very small I. It's a very small-minded I. Hmm? It's a taking I. And indeed, according to the Vedanta, pessimistic as it is by saying, oh, one living being is food for another. When Darwin realized this, he lost all aesthetic sensibilities. But Bhagavatam, of course, doesn't stop there, it says. But there's life beyond that. When we learn to give rather than take, when we start to become givers, we start to be what we actually are, the self becomes bigger while remaining immeasurably small. It becomes bigger in quality rather than small-minded and a taker. It becomes big-minded and a giver and a lover. Hmm? And to be a lover, and in the full sense of the term, well, the perfect object of that love, this is what we mean by Krishna. Hmm? The love life of the Absolute. Here he says, Satatam Kirtayantoma. I was in South India. We were at one of my godbrothers, had a, had a, my guru by had a mission there, and he was in, doing the, the uh, ritual for installing the deity in the temple, with so many mantras and procedures and so forth, and he invited some Brahmins, priests from the uh, from the Madhva Sampradaya, which are pro- they're prominent in that part. Another Vaishnav lineage engaged in Vishnu Bhakti, and they have a slightly different perspective. Vishnu Narayan is the object of their love. Krishna is an aspect. Of him. So anyway, they did it in a very elaborate. It was very fascinating with colors and flowers and mantras and went on for a long time and so forth. Afterwards, over, then we carried the deity of Radha and Govinda up onto the altar and we performed Sankirtan like this, only standing with drum and, and, and the hand symbols and Kirtan. And these are all Vishnu Bhaktas. And they looked at us and they thought, what's that? They kind of recognized. Do I need this? I fell off. They kind of recognized it, 
But it was a different, they were they're used to a very different kind of sedated, reverential kirtan. We were a little, uh, excuse me, technical difficulties. We were leaping and dancing and, uh, and, um, and so on. It was something they hadn't, they hadn't seen that before. Another occasion I was staying in Rishikesh, Lakshmanjula, actually just a little bit above Rishikesh on the foothills of the Himalayas. Some of you may have been there. We were staying in a Satya Narayan temple, Lakshmi Narayan temple. And there was a very nice young priest there from the Ramanuja Sampradaya, another Vishnu Bhakti lineage. And every night, uh, they would, uh, during the Aarti, we would come and perform Kirtan. And then other residents would, would come and they would sing ver- various verses. This was their kirtan, various verses. I noticed they chanted some beautiful verses from the 11th canto of Bhagavatam also. They caught my ear. Krishna varnam tisa krishnam sangopangasta parshadam yagnai sankirtana prayajantihi sumedasa deyam sada paribhavnam abhishtadovam tirtaspadam Shivaburin Chinutam Sharanyam Brittyatiham Pranatapala Prabhupadipotam Pundi Mahapurushati Sharanada Vindam Chakra Sudhus Tadasurip Sataraja Lakshmim Dharmishtari Vachasa Yalagadaranyam Mayam Rigum De Tapsidaman Badhavad Bundi Mahapurushati Sharanada Vindam This augmented our kirtan, understood these verses as they were through the, through the, through the, through the insight of Sanatana Goswami, he's the architect of our lineage from some 500 years back, commissioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as he was. How he understood those verses, so extraordinary, that if you hear his explanation, you think, well, how could anyone understand them in any other way? Hmm? And no one had understood them in that way until he commented on them. To speak as they do so clearly about as I called him last night, kind of the father of modern-day kirtan, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? It's his kirtan that Krishna is speaking about here when he says, Satatam kirtayantumam, kirtan about me, as shown by me, myself. And these verses describe me. Well, my mind was going there and it was enthusing our kirtan. They had a little different conception about it. But the young man who was the pujari there, the priest who who did all the the rituals and so forth. And we went to, we told him we were going to leave tomorrow for Vrindaba. And he said, can I come with you? I'd like your style of kirtan. I've never seen that before. Hmm? That kind of kirtan. So we said, yes, you can come with us. The next morning he got nervous. He said, do I have to change my religion <laughs> to come with you? <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began this, this kirtan this kind of kirtan, about 500 years ago in Bengal. We talked a little bit about it last night in terms of the word here, satatam. Satatam means always. Hmm? Always means that it is not only a means, but it is the ends as well. It is not kirtan to get something, hmm? even to know something. Hmm? It's kirtan for, for letting go of all things, even the burden of having to know. This is a great burden. Hmm? If you have a little intelligence, so it's a great burden to have to know. Hmm? It is kirtan and bhakti for its own sake. 
it is a spiritual path in a true sense of the term because it is a spiritual means to a spiritual ends. In other words, if your means, your spiritual practice, is not something that is of an eternal nature itself, how can it... um, how can it uh, give you an eternal end? Do you follow? If the means is not eternal itself, that would mean it was of a temporal nature. The self is eternal. If the means is temporal, how can it produce an eternal result? That's why it is said throughout the sacred text, do yoga, go for it, if that's your path. Do gyan, if that's what, if that's your where your heart rests, to know these moments in the life of the absolute being, knowing, or do bhakti. Hmm? But if you want any of these moments, factor bhakti in. Hmm? What does Krishna say in the Gita? A little earlier on, he says, Mama maya duratyaya, mamevipapadyante, maya maitam tarantite. He says, this world is my maya, it's mama maya, and no one can unravel it but me, he says. Without my help, it is insurmountable. With my help, it's easy. So if you fact, his help means bhakti. So by factoring bhakti, that's what we we find in the Yoga Sutras. This that Patanjali, the student of Vyas himself, commenting on yoga as a discipline, heavily factors. Ishwar Pranidhan into the method indeed, he says. By this one we'll get samadhi. And the implication is easily. Ishwar Pranidhan. This means some bhakti. Hmm? In Gyanmarg of Shankar, for example, well that's one example of Gyanmarg, I suppose, and we find him himself foster, uh, expressing such appreciation for Krishna Leela and Bhakti. And the popular forms of Advaita Vedanta are forms of, of the speaker of the heart. Even in Buddhism, the compassion of the Buddha. This is popular. If it doesn't have a heart, hmm, no one will be attracted to that. Hmm? Bhakti is the whole heart. It's after the whole of your heart. It asks nothing. Krishna says, Patram Pushpam Palam Toyam says, offer me a fruit, a flower, water. That's all. See how tricky he is. You just offer me a fruit, a flower, or water, which anybody has. Water, you can't live without water. He says, then do it with devotion. And I'll eat the flower. Normally you smell the flower. I'll eat the flower. I'll completely consume it if it has bhakti. And bhakti means... Oh, you have to give everything. You have to give your whole, the whole of your heart. Satatam, always. Mahaprabhu recommended like this. He said, Kirtaniya Sadahari. When we give the blessing to the student to chant the name of Krishna on his mala or her mala, and the, uh, the guide chants on the mantra, on the mala, and gives the mala to her, says, Your name is. Krishna Das. Hmm? Uh, then the teacher, she says, oh, and you chant a certain number of 
times every day. Hmm? But the idea behind this, of course, is 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 to bring us to the point of of continuous chanting, not counting. It's not a counting exercise. Hmm? If we find ourselves counting, then don't count. Just you put the clock and make a alarm. Hmm? Two hours later, when it goes off, then or whatever is your vow, then hmm? that is better. We, we find it. This is a, unfortunately our tendency. Such a beautiful thing. We're drawn into that, but where we come from comes with us to some extent. Hmm? So we come from moving along the path of exploitation and taking, to to renunciation, to giving up things. Both are worldly centered. To give up the world. To enjoy the world. Hmm? Bhakti is not about giving up the world. It's not about um, taking from the world. It's really about being in the world fully. Hmm? It's stepping back enough. Some renunciation is there. What's not favorable for Krishna, I give that up. Is that renunciation? <laughs> That's love. If he doesn't like it, then I will give it up. This gives us some objectivity as to what the world's like. We can enter into it then, be in it, but not of it. Hmm? So chanting, satatam, kirtayantomam, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught like this. We should chant, not at counting, but continuously. And there's a way, he said, to arrive at this always chanting. Always chanting means you're going to chant now, in the here, and then in the hereafter as well. Hmm? The name continues. The name is non-different than the named. When you realize in your practice that there's no difference between the name and the named, hmm, then you've arrived. The shape of the name. But through the name, we'll experience the form and the qualities in the play, the Leela of Bhagwan. And what form, and what qualities, and what Leela? This will all unfold on the strength of the name. Certain form we've become preoccupied with, and certain qualities of that form, even within Krishna Bhakti, certain qualities are very attractive to the handmaidens, of Krishna. Certain qualities are cert- very attractive to the friends of Krishna. Hmm? Certain qualities of Krishna are very attractive to those who have a, a kind of a well-wishing love, like parental love. Hmm? These track, these qualities will come, and they will be smaranam, they will be medita- nitya yukta upasate, he says. By this kirtan, there will be nitya yukta upasate. Hmm? And in between that, Kirtan that fosters smaranam, kirtan of prabhave, smarana swabhave. Our Param Guru, the Guru of my Guru, he liked this idea. Kirtan of prabhave, smarana swabhave. By the fa- power of kirtan, hmm? it has great efficacy. Hmm? It's, it's, it, it is a call. You see, it, 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 we try to appreciate the efficacy of kirtan. It is a call to Bhagwan that you please come here. The path of jnana and yoga is an attempt to go there. 
one or another of the moments in the life of the Absolute, and there's some effort and technique involved. It is an ascending type of a path. Hmm? And bhakti, what is the effort of bhakti? The effort to get grace. It is the grace-filled path only. It's an acknowledgement. I have no strength. I have no big brain to do vivek, <laughs> to do detachment from things and people that I love. Hmm? I cannot do that. Hmm? And yoga is difficult. Gita says, must be brahmacharya. And again, oh, it's all, you can't sit too high, you can't sit too low. You can't eat too much, you can't eat too little. Much effort there to control the breath, the mind, the senses. The bhaktas, they say, ahuschade nalinabo padaro bindayo. The brajsundaris, the milkmaidens, handmaidens of, of Krishna, they say like this, we cannot do that. We have no power of mind like a big jnani. We have no power, a subtle power of like from yoga or concentration. And so we have no power of acquisition. We're cow people. Our wealth is milk and cow manure. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> we have no big, big wealth to put into a sacrifice to acquire more. We take some of what we acquire and we sacrifice that. We can acquire more. And that will slip through our hands also. No, they said they were not interested in gan, in yoga and karma, unto themselves. We cannot go, we are interested in going there. We're stuck here. But we don't want things from you. We don't want powers like omniscience from you. Hmm? And we don't want eternity. Bukti mukti siddhi kami sakaliyashanta. Krishna bhakta nishkamata evashanta. Any wanting. Bukti, wanting for things. Mukti, wanting for mukti. Hmm? Bukti mukti siddhi, wanting for siddhi, for omniscience, for example. It is the power of knowing. I'm not talking necessarily about mystic siddhis, which obviously are, are played down in the sutras also, but the power of knowing. Hmm? Bukti mukti siddhikami sakaliyashanta. Krishna bhakti nishkam atevashanta. Krishna bhakti has no kam, no desire for any of these things. But he has a want, she has a want. What is the want? What are the want of the gopis? We don't want eternal life from you. We don't want things from you. We don't want eternal life. We don't want omniscience from you. What do we want? We want you. This is audacious. You want me. You have no qualification for the things that people want from me. And you don't want those things. You want me. Well, he finds that interesting. You can imagine. <laughs> hmm? They're coming to me with a sophisticated method and I've taught it in the scriptures how you can get eternal life from me, how you can get omniscience from me, how you can get things from me. Hmm? And who stopped to think, 
that they wanted me. Hmm? You people have thought that. Hmm? I cannot stay here. I come to you. Hmm? In the form of Kirtan, in the form of my name in particular, I come from there to here. Hmm? And where do I go? Do I seek qualification? No, I don't seek qualification. Do I only go in a pure heart? No, hmm? I don't. I go wherever I like. I go wherever, wherever, wherever anyone likes me. I go there to that extent. Hmm? Bhakti seeks no qualification. Gyan will not come in, a, in an impure heart. Therefore, you have to do Nishkam Karma Yoga before Gyan will come. You have to work. You cannot just sit. Idle mind, that will become the devil's workshop, as they say. So you have to work. But you can't work for the carrot. You have to work for work's sake. Give up the fruit. Hmm? This is yogam then. And then from this kind of work, some mystic insight comes. This kind of gyan. We learn then about ourselves. We have experience of ourselves. But that comes in a pure heart that's working without attachment to things. But bhakti comes even before we, <laughs> in the form of nam. You see, when real devotees bring Krishna here, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna in the form of a devotee. He has brought the name here like no one else has brought the name. Hmm? In such a big way, the name has come and generously distributing himself quantitatively and qualitatively in a big way. What you will get from the Sankirtan coming from the lineage of the Kirtan coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lineage. This is a, another topic, extraordinary. But in a big way, quantitatively and qualitatively, the name has come because of the, why? Because of the, the measure of the bhakti that he personified. Hmm? And so it's on the, on the strength of that come to the world and then overflowing everywhere. Hmm? People who are uninterested in spiritual life are being touched by that name. Hmm? Again, so where is Krishna? Krishna is in the love of Krishna. He comes there. He's available there. Hmm? He comes in the heart of the devotee Rupa Goswami typified this. He he he, example, he 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 presented the predicament. What did he say? He said, "What nectar can be found in these two syllables, Krishna? I cannot do justice to that. When this name comes and dances in the courtyard of my heart, a huge problem arises. I have one tongue and two ears." And the, the measure of the nectar in these two syllables, I, I cannot do justice to them. Therefore, I need millions of ears and millions of tongues. Hmm? This is how one becomes a guru, you see. It's a problem. Hmm? Yet he needs help. She needs help. What Krishnanam has done to her. Huh? She drinks the nectar of Nam. In the descriptions about Nam, Negamakalbataro, Galitam Palam, Sukumukadamrata Drabasam Lutam Pibata Bhagavatam, 
Rasamalayam Mahuraho Rasika Bhuvi Babukaha. She drinks and passes out. Hmm? We talked a little bit about last night. One of our guests made the comment. Seems as if it's about going mad. <laughs> yes, something like that. And what happened when you get up? You drink it again. Hmm? Bhagavad says, you drink it again and again. So, troubled by these names of the nectar that, that they're do, producing and trying to do justice to that, we need more ears. We need to, Prabhupada, my Guru Maharaj said, I came to New York, this place. And he said that by the force of the name then, I experimented. I needed help. I gave it to other people. What would happen to them? He made an experiment, giving a name. We are all coming in the wake of that. The name comes in his heart or her heart, then it rises up to the tongue and goes into others' ears, into the heart. This is the way he actually spread his movement. He thought, I have given them the name of Krishna and they are chanting sincerely, so something must be coming from them. Some ideas, some feeling for this. One time riding on a train in India, we came to a certain town, I forget the name, and the train stopped, devotees got off, purchased something perhaps, and and as the train was waiting to move on, one devotee said to our Guru Maharaj, this would be a nice town for a temple. And Prabhupada said, yes, get off the train, start a temple here. There should be a temple here. Krishna's, but this is what he thought. If Krishna's, he gave the name, it's having an effect on them. It must be. How it is affecting me. He gave, he gave us credit. They have intelligence. And it's some, and, 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 and the, the name is, is, using that, in this case, Western intelligence, New York intelligence, in a divine way. So this is where he spread his movement. Hmm? Not by legislation, but by love. Hmm? This was his rule. Let it be ruled by love and trust. Satatam kirtayantomam, Mahaprabhu said, if we want to chant always Krishna Nam, then he said, here are the rules. These are the rules. Trinadapi sunijena, tarodapi sihishnuna, amanina manadena, kirtaniya sadahari. If you want to do satatam kirtayantomam, this is how you will, this will be your decorum. This will be the standard of your behavior, he said. You must be humble, like a blade of grass, tolerant like a tree. You must expect no honor for yourself and give honor to others. When we come to Kirtaniya Sudahari, it means that our practice becomes steady. Nishta, it becomes steady. Practice is a long and often winding road. Hmm? I gave the example of the night. If you want to reach the highest peak at Badrinath or Kedarnath or Mount Everest, in the Himalayas, then to get there you have to go through the foothills. So you have to go up and down and up and down and up and down. But that down going is from 
the, the perspective of the guru, that's also upgoing. You see, sometimes we have to go down to go up. Hmm? Practice is like that. It's a long and sometimes winding road. Hmm? Mahaprabhu Shiktitanadev taught that in that stage, when our practice is anishta, not steady, we should be humbled by way of kind of embarrassment at the generosity of the name to come to us hmm? and our lack of attraction for him. Hmm? So generous a path, so high, and we have so little interest. We should be embarrassed to be humble and despite our lack of interest and our inability to concentrate and so forth, with that kind of humility, a mental and intellectual humility, if you will, hmm? a thought-out humility, hmm? I think about it, oh my goodness, if I think about what the significance of Krishna Nam coming to me through my Gurudev, the opportunity for Kirtan and so forth, what it amounts to, and the fact that I have so little attraction, I will be humbled by that. The name will stay with you. Despite your inattention and lack of attraction, he will stay with you nonetheless. So even then, the road may be long and wide, it may be downs in the foothills, but they end up being ups hmm? also. This is a given. Sometimes we think, I would take initiation, but I'm not qualified. Sometimes my students ask, I don't know if I'm qualified. I said, you, we would never be qualified for this. <laughs> don't think like that for a minute. Hmm? If you think, uh, when I'm qualified, I'm not qualified. Or what, 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 what can I do to qualify myself? I, I tell him, forget that. <laughs> you forget that. What can you do to qualify yourself? Hmm? You say, I'm unqualified. Still, this is coming to me. Take advantage of that. It will qualify you in time. Hmm? This is more the spirit of the whole thing. Sometimes we go and look for a guru and we want the best guru. But we really only think because I'm the best disciple for sure. <laughs> we have our checklist, right, of all the guru should be. And we go with our reasoning and we are not going to be cheated. Hmm? And surely we will find a fault, there's no doubt. Hmm? You see, if we go with the heart to look for a guru, a sense of necessity, that I need this, I know I need it, hmm? then we will find for sure. Hmm? Then the faults of the guru, and they've got plenty of them, depends how you look at it, of course. Hmm? Anyone can find faults. It's harder to find faults, in Bhaktivinoda said, in those gurus have, who have passed on. <laughs> People tend to like them more. <laughs> hmm? Don't think like that, though. Pujapad Sridharmarsh gave a nice example. My Shiksha Guru. He said, if you want to look at the farthest star, then you have to take a telescope. Hmm? Telescope is made of many lenses. Big lens, smaller, 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 smaller. And put the smallest one to your eye. And then if you think, wait a minute, I'm not going to be cheated. I want to put the big one next to my eye. <laughs> then, I'll, then I will see. Then you'll just get a headache from that. Hmm? You will see stars, but they will be different. Hmm? No. Guru, the local guru, so to speak, <laughs> who's closer to us, 
means he's home, he or she is tailor-made. Hmm? And, and the closer, the better. That's why it's said, for example, in Hari Bhakti Vilas, things like this. A Brahmin should have a Brahmin as a guru. Uh, a worker should have a working class person should have a working per- class person as a guru. This is a relative principle. The absolute principle is we should have a qualified guru, a sad guru, a real guru. Hmm? But the implication is if you can get the other things in place too, hmm? which makes the guru closer to us, perhaps psychologically, who knows our psychology. Hmm? he or she may have better enhanced capacity to convey the message. Hmm? Giving a, you know, we used to hear those examples from Prabhupada about camels eating thorns and what it meant. And so it was like, wow. <laughs> but then you go to India, you find, well, that's where he got him from there everywhere. He was, the environment was speaking to him or to the sages like Sukhamuni who spoke the Bhagavatam and gave such examples. My same, our same Gurudev Prabhupada said, but when you get your own examples, then... That is realization from your own environment, which will be more compelling hmm, to those who live in the local area and so forth. So, no, you should look through the small lens. That's big, actually. Hmm? That's the form in which Krishna has come to us, just custom-made for us. Guru is one, Krishna, but in innumerable forms he appears hmm, for the many minds and hearts in the marketplace to help us. When Guru blesses us then to chant the name, hmm? then he gives some rules. So this satatam kirtan tomam, he gives some rules. These are the basic rules. Hmm? There are things that if you do, they will not be conducive to your bhakti. So those should be avoided. Hmm? It's not a preoccupation with rules. It's a preoccupation with love. Krishna will not be pleased with this. I, I, will, I will give it up. Hmm? But what if somebody else can't? Should we focus on that? Or the extent to which they have love for Krishna? That will be more wise. That will endear us to Krishna more. Hmm? That we should be preoccupied with. We're standing in line for mercy here. This is bhakti. It's all about grace. If suddenly when we invoke justice, wait a minute, that guy went ahead of me. And he didn't follow this rule. You went, and then you, you must go to the back of the line. <laughs> if you are waiting in line for mercy and you to insist on justice, you must go to the back of the line then. Hmm? No. <laughs> so he says, Satsatam kirtayantomam yatantas cha dridabrataha. Namashyantas cha. So, we should do the things that are favorable for bhakti and strive to do them. Strive to avoid the things that are not favorable for bhakti. We should strive for that and plead the power of the name to be successful in that. Then, this way we kind of pass through these rules, if you will, and it becomes natural. The medicine becomes food. Hmm? And medicine becomes food, Krishna says, this satatam kirtayantumam, it becomes then a meditation, as I said. The name turns into a form in my heart, Bhagawan, with particular qualities and performing leelas and nitya yukta upasate. Kirtana prabhave smarana sobhave. By the force of the kirtan, 
and trying to do it right, sincerely, is the main thing. Hmm? Sincerely. And again, it's a long and it's a winding road, so there may be ups and downs. When we come to Nishta, then the road will be straight, but it won't be narrow. We see others are on the winding road with ups and downs, with their, their bhajan, their practices, unsteady. Hmm? Then we may be steady in our practice, always chanting the same number every day and getting up early and so many things. Hmm? Have we attained nishta in our practice? In nishta the road is straight ahead now. Hmm? But as I say, it's not a narrow road. It's a broad road. Hmm? This is a very interesting kind of, I guess, paradox. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was mandating humility, hmm? flexibility. You have to bend hmm? to chant steadily. And he says that from this bending comes conviction, not pride, but conviction, steadiness, from being flexible you will become steady. Hmm? We come to a kind of humility that is not a mental or intellectual thought-out humility, a humility that is a result of, of actual realization, coming in touch with the with spiritual reality itself. We, we move from very black and white idea to, to, what is it, 256 shades of gray in computer language. It's full of gray. So many possible. Every verse, I thought I knew the meaning. It has hundreds of meanings. Hmm? Now, all of them are right. <laughs> oh, hmm. there's a, it, it, it's a very, it's very gray. Love is like that. It's very, she loves me, she loves me not. It's a, it's a, it's, this is not, spiritual life is not a place to stop thinking. It's a, you stop thinking to some extent. Hmm? We do go beyond thought. That's true. Hmm? But what do we find there? Oh, a different kind of thinking altogether. And it's very broad. It's very accommodating. When we become very humble. Hmm? Because when the finite approaches the infinite, how does it feel? It feels how finite I am. How small I am. On when the road becomes straight, it doesn't become narrow, it becomes broad because I think I'm on the road by some grace. It's so broad. Hmm? I didn't get here on my own. We know. My progress is by grace. I've given an example. If you fall in a well in the forest, dry well, how will you get out? You have to call, help, help. Somebody throws you a rope. Say, heck, heck grab on that rope. They pull you out. When you get to the top, you don't say, boy, I sure yelled loud, didn't I? I sure held that rope tight, didn't I? You don't think like that. You think, you saved me. This idea. So he or she, the sadhaka, feels like this. And feels, I'm in touch with all possibilities. There's no impossibility. Impossible doesn't exist in the, in the, in the lexicon here of the world I'm entering in. Hmm? So the road is straight, but it's not narrow. It's very broad. And that devotee becomes very generous himself, herself, very broad-minded. Hmm? 
It's not when you get to the top, you go, huh, just see. <laughs> the others are trying to come up and they're falling along the way. No. Hmm? You're at the top. You can see the other side. Now, if you look back, you are so compelled to bring them along patiently, whatever it takes, tolerantly, with compassion, to help. This is the beginning of real spiritual life, nishta. This is the interim, an interim goal on the, on the, on the, on the path to prem. Hmm? Prem is the softest of soft hearts. Nishta is not a hard heart. Don't think like that. Just see. <laughs> we, <laughs> we observe the vow of ikadasi, you know, twice a month, fasting, and so, so, uh, some, the Buddhists, they observe it completely fasting from food and water. Others will not eat grains, which is the main sustenance for a vegetarian. So we were at Pujapachudra Maharaj's mat in, in, Cal- in Navadweep in West Bengal on Ikadasi one day, and we were taking some prasad, Ikadasi prasad, and there was the one disciple of another guru who was staying in his, his mat, and he would fast from food and drink strictly on Ikadasi. So he so he would walk in front of us, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, while we ate, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. You could feel it like, I'm really observing the Akadasi. <laughs> this is not Nishta. His bhajan is not fixed. He's not in real bhajan. He's not in touch with that which makes one so humble. That they can do kirtan always. That they can show respect to everyone and expect absolutely no honor for myself. This is what Mahaprabhu has mandated is the decorum. Hmm? To be tolerant. What is the tolerance that he speaks of? Like a towering tree. Thakur Bhakti Binod speaks of the tolerance that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, um, mandates from his, his kirtaneers. Hmm? Hmm. By invoking the metaphor of a tree, he says the tree. It's tolerant. In other words, it tolerates, tolerates all the seasons. It, it, the cold, the heat, the rain, and so forth. Hmm? It tolerates all these things. Never complains. But in the context of tolerating, it gives shelter to others from these things as well. You understand? Not only does it just tolerate, there's two standards of tolerance. The Gita speaks of one standard of tolerance, the Bhagavatam another. Hmm? Some tolerance of the senses and hots and colds and goods and bads, knowing they arise from the mind. Hmm? This is the Gita standard and it's important. Hmm? Bhagavatam speaks of a tolerance that comes to compassion, really. Shidamar coined a phrase describing this verse. The environment is friendly. Hmm? We are at odds with our environment. But initially, the environment becomes friendly, we see. Mahaprabhu saw, the grass is telling me I should be humble. The tree is speaking to me. Why aren't you tolerant like me? This nishta makes the world of inanimate things animate, as we ourselves, who previously saw ourselves as the subject ruling over inanimate things, begin to see ourselves as an object in relation to the super-subject, to be used as he likes. And then when we look back at the so-called inanimate world of things, it becomes alive too. We don't see the world 
through the mind, which deadens everything, takes the life out of everything, seeing the world through the world of our mind means to see things in terms of how we would like to use them for our needy condition arising from identifying with the body and matter. Hmm? You can't see things for what they are then. Hmm? When you see them through the eyes of God, Life has purpose, has meaning. The, the whole world becomes animate. And the tree says, why aren't you tolerant? The sun says, the sun says, As I fly across the sky, I'm taking away your life as you know it. Wake up. Jeevjago. Wake up. Hmm? The whole nature is speaking to us. Not at odds with teaching us indirectly. Hmm? So this, coming to this, then one's kirtan can be satatam, always, constant. And this kind of kirtan, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught, this will bring nitya yuktu pasate, as described. This will bring prem. This will be the kirtan, the power of kirtan. That will be a powerful kirtan, kirtana prabhave, and that will bring smarana sobhave. Very naturally, meditation will come about. Not a forced meditation. The mind will be arrested as Krishna Nam dances in the heart, and our own life in the homeland of the heart will begin. Home going requires a home knowing person, and home is in the heart. So if I've said anything that hit home today, then you please make that part of your life. This is how to hear in such a way as to make progress. I'll stop there. Are there any questions? Would we know Kirtan in the form that we know it today if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hadn't brought that teaching? Because it's not so obvious from the Bhagavad Gita. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, we wouldn't. Hmm? But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, making making clear on no uncertain terms what the implications of the Kirtan is. This is, of course, not the only place Krishna speaks about Kirtan. Uh, in other places as well, but no, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took the flute of Krishna and turned it into a madangam, hmm? turned it into a drum, a simple drum also, clay drum, hmm? and took his kirtan to the to the streets everywhere. So it took Krishna to what's the full ramifications of the Gita. That's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was personifying. Krishna said, surrender to me, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Krishna. Krishna as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to show the way to do that. And his emphasis was on kirtan. Does that help? Was it practiced as a form in that, in the way that we know it now, between in that 4,500 years between the speaking of the, the Gita and the coming of Chaitanya? For the most part, no. It was seen as a new religion. Even the Hindus in Nabadweep were thinking, what kind of religion is this? They're taking the sacred name and giving it out everywhere, even to unqualified people. It will become polluted, they thought. If the untouchables touch the name, then what will happen to them? What understanding do they have of the name, you see? It has the capacity to purify anyone in any condition. So they, even the Hindus, they were revolting against They thought, they, these guys are making all this noise at night. And the Muslims, they didn't understand it as well. It's not that it's not there in the text, but the implications of those texts, it took a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to bring them out. At that time, I should say, 
There was also emphasis on Nam by others. Guru Nanak in the Sikh tradition, Satnam, Kabir speaks about Nam repeatedly in his poems and so forth. Tukaram in Maharashtra was doing Kirtan and so forth. But if we study that, we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taken the Kirtan and made a, a, a theology about Nam Dharma, a whole Dharma of Nam, the whole philosophy and theology about the name. Nam Nam Akari Bahuda, Nidhisarva Shakti, all these things. So uh, he plumbed the depths of it. And they were also speaking about Saguna Nam and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but Nirguna Nam, Nam that goes into the Nirguna. Hmm? Into the into transcendence that continues into transcendence, rather than a saguna nam that that leaves off. So, kirtan as we know it, you know, that comes from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? If you want to know Krishna in Kali Yuga, you have to know who is Chaitanya. So, I want to speak a little shorter. I don't know if I did. <laughs> I guess I did this morning. I thank everyone for coming. I appreciate your inquiries and from your hearts and earnestness and so forth to, to come to a gathering like this to to uh, further your spiritual enthusiasm and, and, and understanding and uh, as much as I may have helped you to do that you've also helped me in that so again I, I thank you very much and we should have some kirtan followed by prashad Hari kirtan ki jai <laughs> <laughs>